This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hey, 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 welcome back to RM Podcast FL. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and investing your time towards RM Podcast FL. And if you have yet not checked out our website, make sure to do so. www dot rm podcast fl.com and make sure to subscribe for the monthly newsletter you guys because there's some really great information there plus make sure that you do not miss out on any promotions or any upcoming events that we have gone on but before we lose any time i definitely want to go ahead and jump to the today's interview you guys but also have a special announcement to make what we're gonna do the first week of every month we're going to launch two interviews yes you heard that right two interviews first week of every month why are we doing that because we have so much great information to bring to you guys and i definitely want you guys to learn more and actually connect with more professionals of different careers that is exactly what we do here at rm podcast fl and also if you have not yet given us a five-star review i don't know what you're waiting for go ahead and give us a five-star review if you're listening to this episode from Apple Podcast, And if you're listening from any other platform, well, give us a review there as well, if they allow you. I don't know what platform you're listening to. We are everywhere. <laughs> but without losing any time, let's dive into today's interview with Matt Greifer, you guys. Or as a lot of people know him as the young professor himself. He is an educator, an entertainer, and an announcer. He's also the co-owner of Florida ambassadors media group fam like he likes to call it so what florida ambassador media group does it's a professional social media management services you guys which will definitely give your uh your brand a digital and a social voice you should absolutely go ahead and um like that page and if you need help with your social media management services you know where to go definitely mad also, um, he is the announcer for uh, Trivia Nights here in Florida, and he's also an announcer for MMA, for boxing, or for wrestling events. I was actually lucky enough to go see a live wrestling event just recently, which we'll talk about in this on the episode, and he was the announcer, and it was really cool, you guys. Like, if you have not seen a live wrestling match, you should definitely do so. <laughs> but without losing any time, let's dive right into the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So thank you so, so much, guys, for tuning in to RM Podcast FL. Just like I mentioned on the bio, today's guest is Matt Greifer. Did I say that right? You did. Matt okay, Greifer, cool. Yes. I didn't mess that up. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am great. I'm super hypered up. Too much coffee. <laughs> I hear you. Awesome. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming all the way from Palm Coast to Jacksonville, Florida for the interview. And Not a problem. It's, uh, you know, it took me, I think, 50 minutes. I used to drive up here every day Yeah. when I was an actual college professor up until like six, seven months ago. So this was, uh, this, uh, this drive is not foreign to me. Okay. So let's, let's pass the mic to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us how you got the young professor name. So also. I, I think feel like these days uh, calling myself that gets a little bit more of a stretch each and every passing day as I get older and older. But uh, my name is Matt Grafer. I go professionally by the young professor. I was a college professor at the age of 25. 
I turned 26 a week later, but I was 25 when I started. And so um, I didn't call myself that then. I was yeah. just, I was, I was Mr. Grafer or Professor Grafer was what usually my students called me. But then a few years later, when some of my circumstances began to change and I got into entertainment as a trivia host, I was just Matt, the trivia host for a while, and that was fine. But after a while, when I started um, kind of expanding our market, we were primarily in the Daytona Beach area, and there was nothing in Flagler County. And Mm -hmm. Flagler County is where I live, in Palm Coast. So when I started my show, our first show in Palm Coast, the way I wanted to start marketing it was a little different. And really, the idea came from wrestling. True story. Like, I know that gimmicks kind of resonate with people more. Like, Matt, the trivia guy, is just like, okay, like that's easy. That's the most vanilla name ever. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I was a 25-year-old professor, and a professor would make sense that he would ask questions at a, at a bar. Sure. So I started with the young professor concept, and I've used it in all of my entertainment pursuits since. So was that your full idea or was somebody else pitched the idea for the young professor for you? It was mine, which is kind of lame because, you know, it's kind of lame to give yourself your own nickname. But No, it's actually smart because you can be like 50, 60 and your nickname will just be like the young professor. At some point I might need to just switch and drop the young and just be the professor. No, I think you should keep it. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit. You said you were very young when you started teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, We did talk a little bit about this before. Can you share with the audience how many classes were you teaching and what was going on during that time frame? Gosh, so I, uh, it, it really all happened by, by luck and chance and opportunity, uh, some kind of amalgamation of all those things. But I graduated college at 24. I moved to Florida uh, that, at 24 years old. I started working for an event management company after I finished my master's degree in kinesiology with a specialization in sport and exercise behavior. So like sports psychology and also sports management were kind of my forte. Those were the areas I really did a lot of work in. And so I was with an event management company for a year. I was uh, with uh, a a woman at the time and we found out we were going to be having a baby. And so I needed to switch gears, I felt like. Mm -hmm. And I switched back into higher education because... While I was in undergrad and grad school, I worked for the university. I worked in their recreational sports departments. I see. So I got a lot of high-level professional experience there, you know, really a lot of marketing, a lot of management, and just making sure the facility operations went through. But I wanted to get back into higher ed because I thought it was going to provide more opportunity. So I wound up taking a job in Jacksonville Mm -hmm. as an admissions counselor, Uh, with one of the Kaiser schools that's not even a school anymore at this time. So I did that. And then a year later, when my son was born and things had not gone so great with his mom and I, and I was looking to make sure I could be closer to home, I wanted to get closer to Daytona Beach because Daytona is 30 minutes away, whereas Jacksonville is an hour away. True. And so I put in to be an admissions counselor there. And they turned around and said, hey, we have this sports medicine program and we see you have a master's degree in kinesiology. We actually need someone for that. Would you be interested? I said, are you kidding? Of course. Mm -hmm. I I hated my admissions job. It was not (laughs) what I wanted to be doing. And uh, I didn't feel like I was using 
my brain, I wasn't using the things that I had learned in school for much. It was, you know, very much a, a sales type position. So I got the opportunity to start teaching at 25 years old. And so I walked in and all of a sudden you go from, you know, just being an admissions counselor. And now you're a college professor replacing a man who's nearly 70 years old. And you have to sound credible and know what you're talking about. And it was it was a wild transition. Uh, the program I was in had 12 different courses and I taught all of them. And then I started teaching some of the lower level courses too. In total, in my seven and a half years of college teaching, I have taught about 24 different college courses. And what's the average out there? I, I honest to God, I couldn't tell you, but I know, I feel like it would be a lot less. Yeah, I think so. You I know, think it would be probably like two areas. to three, but that's about it. Right. And like you just kind of work those two or three. How over did you years. manage that? I, what choice did I have? It was a good job. It was a well-paying job. It provided the security. It also uh, gave me a good reputation. It was a reputable position. Mm -hmm. And with things with my son's mom and I not working out and having to be in, a, in essentially a court battle on, on custody issues, which is not something I talk too much about, uh, having a position was like, hey, I'm a college professor really was something that worked in my favor. And so, I mean, there I just had to make it work. It was very difficult sometimes. There were classes that I had to teach that I really did not feel very confident going into, but hey, that's the job. So get the book, get the materials, study up and be a few days ahead of your students at the minimum and, and put it out there with confidence. And somehow I made that work for, <laughs> for quite a while. So how was the experience? Because I'm sure some of the students are probably your age or a little bit older or younger. How was that, you know, because whenever you, you think of like your professor, you think it's going to be somebody older than you mm -hmm. or you think like the older they are, like this is the wrong perception a lot of times, like the older you are, the more experienced you are, which that's not the case scenario. But these are this, this ideas that we have on our head. So how did you, how did you take power to that position? Like... So I had the same, I mean, the way you just phrased it was exactly the way I had perceived it in my mind. And so yeah. I think I was a lot more worried about it than my students were. Oh, I see. Because what I found rather quickly was they really didn't care that I was about my age. They just wanted quality instruction. And so long as I was able to present that, it, you know, the shock of me being their age or younger in many cases over my time there usually went away pretty quickly. And you did that for how long? Seven and a half years, almost eight years. And then let's move a little bit to the now. Now uh, I am a business owner, uh, a co-owner of the Florida Ambassador Media Group. Mm -hmm. We are a marketing agency specializing primarily in social media marketing. And that's my fills most of my days. And then in the evenings, I am also a trivia host. I work for Challenge Entertainment. I'm actually one of the assistant area managers. So I kind of run Central Florida, mm -hmm. which consists primarily of Volusia and Flagler counties. But we just picked up a few shows. We've got one in the Orlando area, one in the St. Augustine area. So we've got about 22 shows a week that I help manage uh, or, or host myself. That's a lot of shows a week. Well, I don't host all of them. I'm, Correct, I'm, but still <laughs> managing, like... 
Yes, and you, when all things are okay, it's great. When a few people need to call out and someone's sick or someone leaves town, it's a stressful week trying to get all that managed. So, because you manage about 22 shows, so you kind of have to be on top of it and make sure if something falls, you know? Yes, you... And, and that's one of the things that, you know, that's I think one of the marketable pieces of hiring Challenge Entertainment mm -hmm. for trivia, for bars and restaurants to do that is... We're a company. We're a national company. We've got shows coast to coast, but we also, in regionally speaking, in the Central Florida region, we have a lot of trained, quality, professional hosts. So if someone does get sick or someone does need to miss for some reason, it's very, very rare. I'm not going to say it has never happened, mm -hmm. but it is extremely rare that we would need to actually cancel a show because we actually have other qualified people who can do it versus like a one-man operation. Yeah, that guy might be cheaper, but if he's not there and you've got 30 people waiting to play, he has no backup and there's no one that can go. So for, I remember we talked about this too, like in Albania, I'm Albanian, like we, I've said this multiple times, but um, we don't have trivia shows. And you were saying that here you guys typically do like a, a regular schedule towards hosting trivia and it might be different topics all the time. Uh, where what is the gender like what's the most popular gender or age that you would see on this type of shows you mean for our players yeah for the players so our demographic i mean it really leans towards what the demographic of the area is and i would say that's usually older adults for the most part mm -hmm. at most of our shows anyway i would say average age 40s 50s 60s and, and up you get a few 30 somethings a few 20 somethings but here in central florida because it's Florida, there's a lot of retirees. <laughs> that seems to be our uh, primary demographic. But we have a few shows that lean a little bit younger. Yeah. You're 20-somethings and 30-somethings. And so it's a pretty uh, pretty healthy balance when you kind of look across the board. Well, I mean, everybody's running away from the north and moving south, too. And that's it, yes. For Florida. <laughs> so you are a business owner for the Social Media Marketing Florida Ambassador Media Group, which that's going amazing. And also, I want to ask you, before I do jump to the next thing, because, Matt, you're doing so many things, and I'm really intrigued, because I really want to know, like, how in the world you manage your time, because that's a whole <laughs> other topic. But uh, tell me a little bit about your current business. Like, who would be your perfect client? What, what exactly do you guys do for the business? Because a lot of people would say, oh, I do social media marketing, but who's your perfect client? So a perfect client for me is someone that usually a small business owner mm -hmm. that really just doesn't understand how the workings of social media are. And, and what I mean by that is just an awareness of having a social media presence. Because right now, even among this, this you know, if, if the young kids are listening, this boomer generation, <laughs> boomers are the ones who are on Facebook. And, and just from me being able to tell you that that is a huge component of my market for trivia, mm -hmm. that's also a huge component of the market for most of these businesses because that's the demographic of where we live yeah so they're on facebook and they're going to be interacting not only with friends and, and and acquaintances but they're also interacting with businesses and businesses need to be on there and they need to oh, have, they have a, opinions right yeah yes and they, they need to have a regular <laughs> presence and something that folks can interact with and there is an art to making sure that your social media is relevant. And it's not the same as managing your personal page. Mm -hmm. And there's a ver some very specific things about what times of day are the most effective, what types of content, 
And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, if you run a restaurant, if you just put up, here's our special of the day, here's our special of the day, here's our special of the day, every day, that's not interesting to people. And they're not going to engage with that organically. Whereas if you've got different types of content, hey, here's a video. Hey, here's one of our waitresses having fun with some of our customers. Hey, here's a meme that is related to food that we serve. And then here's our special of the day. Now there's variety. People interact with it more organically. Jab, jab, right. hook. And so that's what we do. And that's what I take over. And the if you've ever managed social media, like you do it for your brand and yeah. for your podcast, you know that it takes a lot of time and thought and effort and energy these business owners are trying to run their business. Yeah. So being able to run their business and just do all the day-to-day tasks involved with that, that's got to be priority number one. Sometimes social media takes a back seat. And so those that really can't keep up with both, those are the ideal clients that I think will work best with me. And those are the types of folks that we've had success with that are working with me currently. And that's, that's really great because it is very true. When you're trying to run a business, the last thing you want to do is try to hop on your phone and try to write a post and you're going to have, you know, like misspellings everywhere because you're right. in a hurry and nobody's going to come for the special of the day. Right. Or you didn't post for like two weeks or you're like, did the restaurant close? So that is very important. A lot of people don't really understand like how the technology is advancing and just making sure like you create organic searches at one point or you just have a traffic flow. Even if it's a slowly increase, man, over a course of a month, it would be a big difference. Right. That's awesome. So you guys focus in Florida. That's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. And then, so you are the young professor. I am. Trivia. Trivia. Okay. Businessman. Business owner, yes. Now, I also was on a show that you were an announcer a couple of weeks ago. So I also do quite a bit of work in sports these days as mm-hmm. well. Yes. So as we can kind of tell, like, you're really passionate about sports. You know. From a young age. Um... I don't know. I was, I'll, I'll be very honest with you and say that that's not necessarily true. Like my parents were not big sports fanatics. Yeah. We really didn't grow up watching it. My, my mom's father, my grandfather was a big sports fan. I grew up in Northern New Jersey and he was a big Mets and Jets fan. So mm-hmm. those are the teams I typically lean towards. I was, I was a very big Mets fan as I got older, mm-hmm. but this was not something that was inherently nurtured in my household. I came into the love of professional wrestling when I was about 10 or 11 years old. 1996, 1997 was a major boom culturally in professional wrestling. That's when Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker and Mankind, those recognizable household names now from the late 90s became very popular. And that's when I discovered it. And I fell in love with it, and I've loved it ever since. Yeah. So that was really my big first foray into anything sports or sports entertainment. And that was early 2000s for me when I started mm-hmm. watching them. Those were the, the main characters right, yeah. also. Yep. And so that was where I kind of grew. And then I, you know, as I got older, especially being a boy, uh, a lot of my friends followed football. So I started watching more of it, and then I got mm-hmm. more into baseball. And I'm not, the, you know, I don't go out of my way to watch it all, especially these days. I'm so busy. But I have a functional working knowledge of all of it, and I do enjoy it. And, yeah. But more than anything now that I get to do it, I really love being a part of it because there's an emotional connection in sports when you've got people, these fans that are sitting there watching that really, if you've never gotten a chance to go to something and experience it, it's very, very hard to describe in just words alone. I mean, I fully agree with that because we saw the live show, it was about a week or two ago. 
Two was, weeks, I think. Two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. It was the first time that I saw live wrestling and it was a whole different emotion. Like, I was, because I was sitting very close to the stage too for a second. You like had some prime, from prime seating there. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we're sitting very close. <laughs> But uh, they were just going around giving high fives, uh-huh. and I could literally see them wrestle on the stage. And I felt like one of them is just gonna fly over and come at me. It it was that really does happen. Awesome. Yeah, it does happen. That does I happen. Should be there I've for seen that, one. that happen many times where wrestlers go flying into the audiences crowd. <laughs> and, and people eat that up. They love it. That's why they pay extra money to sit in the front row in the hopes that some sweaty man or woman will land in their lap for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> how did you <laughs> how did yeah you pay extra for the extra amenities <laughs> for okay the sweatiness. yes you pay extra for that <laughs> how did you come about at this at this position at this uh at this field because you would be the announcer and you announce for boxing mma wrestling so you do a you do a lot of things i do a lot of things yeah uh, i work in professional football too here in jacksonville i work with the jacksonville sharks uh, the arena football team who just won the 2019 National Arena League World Championship. I was there. And we ha- we hosted the championship game here in the arena, just you know, a few miles up the road from where we're recording this. And uh, you know, then I'm walking out in front of 9,000 people that were crammed into the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. Um, God, it's cool, it, and it's it's just a very surreal experience. But how I got here—that's what you're asking about. Uh-huh. I had started the the trivia. Okay, that was kind of where my entertainment roots began. And, you know, the young professor thing was working. But for a few years of doing that in particular, and even my students in class would say, things like, man, your, your voice is really good for radio. Or have you ever done any sports announcing? And people for years would ask me this. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I was, and I would always tell them, like, I would love to do that. I have no idea how to go about it. I have no idea how to go about it. I would, that's, a, that's a great, you know somebody, like... That was always kind of my yeah. joking response. And I finally one day just said to myself, why aren't I doing that? And I, that was a, a, an open question I asked. And, and there was, uh, it was a few years ago. It was probably like summer 2017. My wife and I were sitting together having a conversation about just some things that we wanted to get done. Like some yeah. Things, you know, goals, goals for the house, goals personally, goals uh, from our relationship standpoint. And I'm a big believer in writing things down, you know, the, that vision board approach. You know, if you see it and interact with it every day, you make it real. Then it's you, unbelievable, yes. but it does. Yes, that is so important. To it write. makes it tangible mm-hmm. in, in a way that it's not if it's only just purely in your mind. So I wrote down, I wrote. Um, I wrote down, I have a picture of it somewhere. I will be a sports announcer or wrestling or sports announcer. Yeah. And within six months I was actually doing it. And I forgot I wrote this down. I discovered it like a year later, like I blew the dust off the, the, the <laughs> pad that it was written Slow on. Motion. And, I, and it was one of those moments where I went, oh my God. Like I wrote this down and... and you guys, it, it works. Happening. You read, write your goals down. Yeah. Write your goals down, yeah, guys. I, it I works. I would recommend it, folks. Do it. <laughs> so, as you guys can tell, he has a lot of energy. <laughs> okay? Also, he has an energy drink with him. But how many coffees do you have today? I usually have something early, something highly caffeinated, early in the morning, because I'm not a morning person. I can be if I have to be. Are you a night owl? 
Very much so. I, th I read an article where it says night owls are actually smart people. They're just, their brains work different and I'm the same. Like I'll stay up till four or five getting stuff done, but don't wake me up in the morning. Yeah, that would be my preference. Yeah. But that would, you know, but I have to get up early and take kids Unfortunately, to school Unfortunately, you know, you're stuff. an adult and yeah. you have duties. <laughs> it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Stay Peter Pan, you guys. <laughs> but, um, so, as uh, as the audience, whenever I'm, like, looking uh, a match or I'm seeing a fight or anything like that, if, and I had this since a little, maybe other people do it too, if the announcer has no idea what in the world he's saying, I am either turning off the TV and moving on with my life or changing the station. So you are the announcer in these situations. Can you tell me about the process of what, like, what work you have to do to put in in order for you to be on your A game and attract more people to, towards the match or towards you know, not losing their focus? Well, some of it for me just comes from the nature of my own personality. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, when I'm on, I'm on and that's kind of it. But if in order, sometimes if I need a little help to be on, yes, it does usually come in, in a can. Um, <laughs> and, and in those listening, look, I taught courses on substance abuse. I've taught courses on wellness, a lot of stuff on wellness. And I'm not sitting here and going to recommend highly that you drink exorbitant amounts of caffeine. It's really not good for you. It's not the way to go. But when you run the schedule that I do and you need to perform at the levels I do, I need something. And I accept the risk that goes along with drinking bang energy or something that has 300 milligrams of caffeine, which is enough to probably kill a horse. <laughs> um, but that's usually how I, I have to time it properly because if you have it too close, you could have a panic attack. If you have it too far away, then you might slow down. Or you can go to the hospital Correct. because your heart rate is right, going bananas. Right. So, but <laughs> it happens. I, uh, I've been utilizing caffeine so long, it uh, I kind of know where, where my body needs it. But the other part of it is just being competent in your job. And some, believe it or not, not everyone is. And there's not a lot of training that goes into these roles, especially at the live show on, on, the, on the levels that I'm operating. No one really is sitting and teaching you how to do this. Yeah. Whereas, like, the actual performance on the field, of what, whether it's football, whether it's wrestling, MMA, like, those guys, they have tons of great resources for coaching and for people to rehearse and practice in the speaking roles, whether you're a commentator or a, a, a ring announcer, and I do both. There's not as much training for that, unless you go to school at, like, full sale and you go to, like, their journalism and broadcasting classes, which I never did, mm -hmm. the, no one is holding your hand and taking you through the best ways to do it. I, I For me, it's I watch and listen a lot of the product, a lot of the products that I'm involved with, and I emulate it to the best of my ability while still putting my own spin on it. And, and fortunately, that has made me functional enough that I'm yeah. hireable and people bring me a lot of different places. Have you seen a progress on your own, on yourself when it comes to being the announcer? Because, for example, with the podcast, I'm not saying I'm like I'll try to be as professional as I can. But the very first interview, I forgot the dude's name, and I felt <laughs> like that that was a very shameful moment. And he caught into that too, so I was like, I am so sorry. I'm just nervous. So like, it's a process, right? Have you seen that process for yourself too? And if you can think of a silly mistake that you made that now you're like, oh, what I was doing. I can. Um, 
I really what's interesting is I've only been doing it now for just over two years. Like this, this earlier this month was my two year anniversary of actually starting announcing and I did it with a promotion in Daytona Beach called Go Wrestle. They're a wrestling school, uh-huh. but they also run a weekly show. And that's important because that's where I'm going to go with this. And I will tell you that repetition is key. And the the best part for me of being affiliated with Go Wrestle is the fact that they run every week. So that means I get to practice every week. I get tons of repetitions. Whereas a lot of other, especially in the world of wrestling, a lot of other wrestling companies maybe run once a month, maybe once a quarter. So even other announcers that are out on the scene that are vying for some of the same jobs as me, in a very short period of time, I have accumulated as much or more experience than they have because of the nature of the places I worked. I've mm. been able to get, I've worked over 100 different wrestling shows now. In just just in over two years. years. Well, you think 52 weeks a year. Yeah. You don't miss it, you know, many weeks and it adds up. And then when you start working multiple promotions and so you're working two, three shows a weekend, which in year two started to be my reality, I got a lot of, of um, repetition that helped. So one of the early things I noticed, and even with trivia, was just holding the microphone too close to my mouth. Mm. And because that leads to a muffled sound, I, usually people that are inexperienced with a microphone will will just kind of like eat it and it's just it's like <laughs> in their mouth as they're talking and they it, it just sounds like, okay sounds to like them. mumbling. Yeah. But like it's like what are you saying? And they think it sounds okay, but it it sounds terrible. <laughs> um, and so learning, I started to learn where to hold it and how to kind of hold it a little bit off to the side so you don't get some of those plosives. Like you recording a podcast, especially with like the software you're using. These microphones will pick up a lot. Yeah. So if somebody says a a P or a B or or an S right into the microphone, it pops the microphone. Yeah. And it's an annoying sound. And not everyone's paying attention to this, but now, especially with the repetition, you learn what to do and, and how to make that sound quality better. So I figured out how to hold the microphone and I started dressing a lot better. And those were really the biggest improvements. I mean, I, I have made. to say I loved your shoes Thank you. at the show two weeks ago. Thank you. They were amazing. <laughs> they were like six colors, very yeah. <laughs> glittery, shiny uh-huh. green shoes, and they match great with your jacket. Thank you. That's usually what I'm going. Like for I remember, as we walked in with the people that were coming, as we walked in, I was like, "Those shoes! They're just like, hello, I'm here, guys." You know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm very loud and commanding of attention when I speak, but now the wardrobe kind of matches it to the point where I have people's attention before. I even speak, which which helps because my job is to really control the flow yeah. of the show. So if I have people's attention, then the flow and the transitions can be a little bit more smooth. Um, what was the weirdest like announcer or the weirdest wrestler? Because I'm sure you ran across some of those. Like, cause so everybody wants their own introduction. Like, yes. what was the weirdest one that you had to to do? Well, I'll be honest with you, I. I like the weird ones. Uh-huh. I like the ones that stand out because even though my job is is to know people's names and, and yell their names, I'm not very good at remembering names. <laughs> so like even you saying, I forgot the dude's name I was talking yeah. to, I'm guilty of that all the time. Like I'll meet someone it and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, hey, I'm Matt, nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh my God, it's gone. Like, I hey, already man. forgot. How are yeah. you, man? Hey, brother. Hey, man. Like that's, that's the, the hey, rest girl. of the conversation. <laughs> yes, it happens. Um, <laughs> So I, I write things down, and but even wrestlers I work with constantly, they're like, you don't know my stuff by now? And I'm like, no, I, I churn it and burn it. But guys <laughs> that have 
And I don't mean that insultingly. It's just my brain doesn't register it, and I'm doing a lot of it. But there are certain wrestlers, when they have something very unique mm -hmm. that stands out, it resonates in my mind, and I don't need to write it down as much. I will tell you the weirdest thing I ever was asked to do, and I didn't do it because I was like, I'm not doing this, was it was at an MMA fight, and they have like, you know, John Bones Jones, right? Like mm. that's So there's always like the nickname is in the middle. I see. This guy, when I got his info card, and he's not there for me to talk to him. I just have his info card where it was like his first name, his last name, and the nickname that was written down, or this is the way it looked, and you know, I'm no penmanship expert, was The Rapist. And I was like, is that The Rapist or is that? And then I saw him, I was like, is it Therapist? He doesn't look like a therapist. And like, I don't know if he's trying to establish dominance, if that was what he was going for, but I was like, I'm not yelling not this. I'm not doing body. it. And I was like, brother, I'm helping you by not saying this because that's probably not the move that you want out there because that's... That might sound tough in the gym with your buddies, but when you read that in front of a few hundred people or a few thousand people... Well, we know which side, you're the bad guy side yeah, right away. Like, like, yeah, and this is MMA. There's not supposed to be good guys and bad guys. <laughs> it's a straight-up fight. <laughs> but in wrestling, uh, I haven't had anything that outrageous, but I have some fun ones. And so uh, usually, most of them really are tag teams. All the ones I wrote down uh, are tag teams. There's a, there's a really fun tag team called the Gym Nasty Boys. And the Gym Nasty Boys... Uh, I got to do their intro, their full intro once, and they're from Stankonia. They weigh in at two red bones, the tumbling what? titan, Timmy Lou Retton, and the sultan of stank, White Mike, the Jim Nasty Boys. So I, I like that one. Uh, another really kooky tag team that I'm a big fan of that have a great intro are the Ugly Ducklings, they're called. And they are... Did you used to watch like The Ultimate Warrior? No, I don't probably think Probably before did. your time watching wrestling. Some, like, a lot of, like, mysterious, crazy wrestlers used to come from a place called Parts Unknown. It's very mysterious. Okay. The Ugly Ducklings hail from Ponds Unknown, and they weigh in at an undisclosed number of rubber duckies. <laughs> <laughs> like, stuff like that is so fun. Who there's a, there's another, <laughs> another tag team. Uh... Like, are these people drunk when they come up no, with this No, they're, stuff? you know what, it's, they're, I think they're very creative, because stuff like that. I mean, that, you'll catch the, yeah, I get it, like, you'll catch the name, you'll mm -hmm. make fun of it, but now you're thinking about that. Right. Like, well, it's fun right before you even see them. Like, there, there's a, there's an expectation that is set, like, oh, these, that's crazy sounding, these guys must be fun, and so that's the automatic seed that you're planting in somebody's head, especially, it's not like these guys are on TV every week yeah. in places where, where people are just going to know their name the minute they walk out. They want something different. Right. So they're playing to new audiences and new faces okay. regularly. So this is a good way of grabbing people's attention even before the bell rings. I, and, I, I, can, I see that. I see that. Because it sounds like this names just sound crazy. Like I legit think people were just drunk when they came up with this uh, name. Who knows? I don't know what. Or the, somebody the misspelled is. something, and it's just like, oh, we're just gonna stick with this one now. <laughs> <laughs> Friends of mine that are uh, they're in a tag team called That Classic Tag Team, uh, Kiko Harris and Cody Castle. But they, when they say when I say their weight, I say they weigh in at either four hundred and nineteen or four hundred and twenty-one pounds because they don't do that stuff, ladies and gentlemen. 
implying that they don't do 420. And yeah. I just think that that's funny. It's clean cut. And I don't know if everyone always gets it. Yeah. It's... But for like the five guys that are paying attention and are like, ah, that's funny. Like, I think stuff like that is great. So those are some of my favorite intros I get to do. So, but you've also been on the stage yourself too, because you have a title. Well, I bring a belt with me to trivia. And it's not like I, I award that to the winners uh-huh. at the end of the night. And they get to take pictures with it and all that. So I, I have a belt. Uh, I did not. Well, I won it for a video game tournament. A wrestling video game. But I'm not sitting here bragging about that. That I wasted my time as a 12-year-old <laughs> and, and later won a, <laughs> a belt for it. <laughs> so with the wrestling, it gives you option towards traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one of the coolest places that you've been so far, you would say? So I, I did. A, I worked a couple tryouts last year. I got a chance to go out to Las Vegas last February. Mm-hmm. And I've never been out there before. So it was cool to go out that way. And I got to see and meet a lot of people that, uh, that I hadn't had a chance to meet yet. And, and like guys that I watched on television that I was a big fan of. And now I'm somewhere working in front of them or, or at least, you know, showing off my skills. Same thing. I went up to New York, which was great. Because uh, I'm from New Jersey, so yeah. I, it was an excuse to stop home for a little bit. And then uh, recently, I've been doing a lot more work in Georgia. So I, I picked up a, a gig uh, working in Atlanta. Actually, they got to love Atlanta. I used to live there. You know, I was. It was just there's a. It's a cool scene. Atlanta's got a lot of history in wrestling. Like Georgia is a big hub of old school professional wrestling. You know, it's Ric Flair territory. Dusty Rose, the NWA. Like all the old school I didn't southern know that wrestling. That was Ric Flair. Is he from there? He's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. But like the whole southeastern territory, like Atlanta, Georgia, was kind of the hub I see. of all of that. So there's a lot of history there. And I uh, there's a promotion there, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. And in August of last year, they announced a competition. They said, We like managers, we like guys that can talk. So if you are a manager or if you ever wanted to be a manager, you're going to cut your best wrestling promos and people are going to vote and the winners are going to face off and, and like um, a manager talk off in the ring. And uh, lo and behold, even though I had never managed before, I knew that I was, I mean, I spoke for a living. I still speak for a living. Yeah. So I gave it a shot. I wound up getting into the top three and wound up going to Atlanta and I actually won the whole thing. So I am Atlanta's top manager with Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. And so I get a chance to go up there every couple months. Uh, and I work for uh, Viral Pro Wrestling as a ring announcer in Georgia too. So I'm traveling more and more. Nice, that's awesome. Now that's awesome that you got Atlanta territory too. It, it's very cool, it's a big city. It's, it's it a is. great place to, to go and, and work. It is. So you work as a manager? Yes. So Can you tell me a little bit more about this? So I, as, as the professor, I have, um, I studied a few of the guys that they had there and and wanted to start working with some young, unproven, untested talent. And two guys that caught my eye are uh, Ethan Price, okay, who is uh, he's a scholarly young man, blue chip athlete, really strong, um, deceptively strong for for a guy his size. And Talon Oxen, who has a trem- has just so much potential, he. Uh, he can fly, he can move, I mean, he's quick. So these guys are, they're not traditional tag team wrestlers. Yeah. But in working together, we've really kind of gotten a lot of um, a good fellowship and good camaraderie, and they're really starting to click as a tag team. So I've been helping them with kind of 
focusing their mental game to work more effectively as a tag team. Nice. So how, like for the Florida Ambassador Media Group, um, I've noticed actually while you're talking, I noticed that we have a mutual friend. I don't know if I call him a friend. He's probably just watching what I do. Are you talking about I'm talking 3MP? About, yeah, I'm talking about Michael Palumba. So 3MP in this manager competition, he entered it because it was open to anybody. Uh -huh. he, he's a longtime wrestling fan. And he entered it, and he was not originally picked to move out of the first round, but one of the guys didn't do their video, and he jumped into the second round. Mm. And he didn't wind up in the top three either, but there was some alleged cheating in the round by some of the guys, like legitimate cheating. So Michael decided in, in his best interest to show up to the show anyway, and he brought like his entire office all these guys that work with him at 3MP offices in Atlanta. And he brought probably a good 20, 25 people. Uh -huh. And he kind of hijacked the competition. And I wound up still winning, but only by a couple of votes. And ever since then, he has continued working with Atlanta Wrestling. So he's a manager there too. And so we have been rivals really since we started. He's, he's upset that I won the thing. And I, I mean, don't Michael understand just why he's drop in it. it. Like, so his his team, uh, powdered donuts. They were calling themselves last time the Three MP Posse. They have been warring with my guys for the last few months, and we've had some interesting interactions. So yeah, he's, you know, he he seems like he's a competent businessman, but that's that's really all I can say for for old Three MP. So I know Michael for a couple of years now. If Michael is listening to this episode, what would you like to tell him? I'll see you soon, pal. All right, Michael. I like Palumba. We're just calling Palumba, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're covering... Oh, you got something to say? No, no, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> we're covering a lot. Announcer, businessman, business owner. I just always say businessman. Um, trivia, mm -hmm. manager, organizer. You have so much going on. How do you manage your time? I ask myself that all the time. It's uh, it's difficult. I do keep a calendar. <laughs> it stays, Somewhere. It stays pretty full. Uh, but I, I just try my hardest to be the best at whatever task is really in front of me at that time. And, and that's not always easy. And I probably could do a better job. Um, but, you know, in the times where I'm not doing all of these crazy things that have, you know, been part of my life now for a few years, uh, I have, I've got to be a good husband and a good father to my wife and my kids. And I'll tell you, it's tough. It's definitely tough. My, my wife is a huge supporter of mine, uh, but even she's tested sometimes because she's, we've got four kids. Yeah. So while I'm out you know, doing all the crazy things that I'm doing and really living my dream and trying to provide a better existence for us, she's holding down the home front and she's got four kids. You've got one teenager, one soon-to-be teenage girl, a very feisty five-year-old and an eight-year-old boy that are just, you know, oh, that's they, a mix. They, there's quite the mix. So it's, it's challenging and, and she's got some tough days. Like as long as my days are and they sometimes are longer than hers, I, I think she's got the rougher job. And, yeah. and I just, 
I'm so appreciative of her because we really do work together. And, you know, I, I think if there's anything I could do better is, you know, making sure when I'm home is really being home, being off my phone and having a social media company doesn't help with that. Yeah. But we do the best we can and we do a lot of activities on the weekend. We frequent Disney World a lot. So we, we've got annual passes. We're very much a busy family. You know, when, when schedules allow, they will travel with me. So they get to come to some of these cool places with me and experience this really blessed life that, that we have that not many others do. And so we, we do the best that we can with all the craziness going on. So a lot of people say, or like the expression says, behind a successful man, there is also a woman. What uh, what percent? I know this was not on the questions. But it's not, I, but that's okay. <laughs> um, what percentage of your success or how, how much do you think her support helps you on your achievements? I, I would give her the lion's share of it. I'm going to say probably about 80 to 90% of it. That's the majority. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is without her, I can't do any of it. Yeah. You know, like even like I mentioned the stuff with my son. So we have a blended family. Like mm -hmm. I have two stepchildren. We have my son from a previous relationship and then we have a daughter together. Mm -hmm. So my son right now, he, we've got, I've got shared custody with his mother and 50% of the time. So he, half the time he's with me, half the time he's with her. I'm still responsible for him, but now like my wife does a lot of like the caring for him while I'm gone. Like if yeah. she wasn't there, I, you know, it's still my responsibility. I can't go and do any of these things. And my other kids too. I, you know, so she just by being there is, she really shoulders the burden of keeping our family together and, and making all of it work. I just have to show up and, and do the things that I feel like I'm already pretty good at. Yeah. You know, that's as much as I've practiced and honed my craft, I'm lucky because this is just kind of part of who I am. I'm, I'm loud and I'm competent. And so it has come pretty easily for me. So that's easy. That's 20%. The 80% of just the logistics of her being able to really make sure that our life continues the way it should, that our kids are fed and they're getting home from school and they're going these places. Like, I really credit my wife, Shanna, with so much of helping make this all possible. All she asks is I go out and make a million dollars so that she can <laughs> I mean, <that's laughs> enjoy it more. So I'm working on it. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt um, if you were to if you were to see yourself, like, you, you have Matt right now, and then you, have, you see Matt at 17. What advice would you give to your young self? Because I know sometimes life happens, you learn from your lessons, you, you know, like every day you try to improve yourself. But what did you tell your 17-year-old self? You know, honestly, I don't think I would tell him anything. And not that he had it all figured out, mm -hmm. but he had to learn. He had to go through the hardships that, that I went through. And, he, and those are the things that really shape you and make you better or break you. And I think... In my case, and I hope in the case of many others, those those trials and tribulations that you experience, they can be humbling yeah. and they can they can be crippling even. At least they feel that way in the moment. But they test the boundaries of your fortitude. They help you to find yourself further. And when you do, and like you know, life goes up and down. When you do get better, you are so much better for it. So by by giving him any advice and he giving him a heads be. up, he you know. 
I might, it might not wind up where, where I am today. So he, he managed. He'll be all right without it. He'll be fine. <laughs> and before we jump to the very last question, I also have a question. I have asked this probably like in two or three episodes so far, but it, I have to say it is one of my very favorite questions. If you were to, if, if, <laughs> if you were to be on a stage, your whole family is there. Okay. Your, your kids, your wife, like all the loved ones that you really love and appreciate in your life are there. And you're about to get on the stage because you got an award, which you will get the award that uh, we're... <laughs> I'm working on one this month, maybe. Yes. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and send that as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we jump to this? Yeah. So as an MMA announcer, I was nominated for um, in Florida. The Florida MMA Award Show is, is going to be, I think, February 24th. It's a Sunday in South Florida. I was nominated for Ring Announcer of the Year, and the voting is up, and it's the voting goes through February 16th. I am currently in the lead, thanks to the many, many supportive people I've crossed paths with, and, uh, you know, hopefully... I'll that... attach the info, too. Thank you. Yes. Well, let's have you vote. But that award, and also an award that you just worked your whole life for, your family's there. <sighs> what, a, what award are you receiving that you're just like... I made my family proud or this is my like my hardworking moment. I think it might not necessarily be an award per se. Uh, but if I could really wind up at the top of these of, of really any of these industries that I'm involved in, and I, I've kind of a renaissance man. I've got my hand in a lot of different things, but I think if I was ever just on a national stage for any of them, that mm -hmm. would probably be it. Because that, that in itself, I think, is the, the reward. And I think what that would really say to my family, and especially my, my kids, yeah. is, man, when you bust your ass and you really put your heart and soul and you just you make sure that you differentiate yourself and you go as hard as you can, things can pay off for you. And, and so for me, it's... Honestly, it isn't about me. I, I want them to see through the experiences I'm doing that like, when people tell you things are possible, that sounds cliche, but if you put the effort and, and the time in and the work, like you can make things happen. And I think getting to a stage like that, whether it's as a business owner and, and you know making tons of money and being recognized, or if it's an announcer and working for the WWE or the, or the UFC, or, you know, working on an HBO boxing pay-per-view. Yeah. That, just being there, not even recognizing, but the fact that I'd be standing there doing that in a place like that is the reward that can say to them, like, if you want something bad enough, do the work. It, it don't come yeah. easy, but I, that, I think that would be tremendously satisfying. And hopefully they would internalize it and use it because that's... You know. That is so true. And I remember uh, when I first moved to America, like we got Chinese food and it was the fortune cookie. Like, you know how you get a message mm -hmm. there. And we don't have like Chinese food. It's not a thing in Albania. It's not a thing to have a fortune cookie. You see it in the movie. So you're so like... You don't have trivia. You don't have Chinese food. You don't have Taco Bell. So what I'm trying to say <laughs> is don't go to Albania. <laughs> but we're... It's a very Mediterranean culture. Like now it's getting more... This... I'm talking about 2005 when I first came to America. Like first visited. And... I remember like getting the fortune cookie and I was like, whatever message this is, this is for my American journey. Like just me being me. And it's uh, nothing is impossible. 
And that just kind of stemmed in my brain. And I was like, the American dream. I was like, nothing is impossible. And it is so true, though, because if you put yourself out there, if you put in the work, if you really devote your time and your energy, like nobody can take that from you. And you will go where you meant to be. And you will go where, you know, you will get what you what you always dreamed of. People, that's why highly paid people, that's why highly achievers or those people that are remembered is because of that hard work that they put in. No, nobody's going to remember average. No, and I'm, I'm glad you bring it up. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong because we, we've touched on a couple different things in this conversation that led there. We talked about like vision board type stuff and yeah. how I wrote it down. And I know a lot of people think about things like that. Like I, I'm sure, have you read The Secret or you have you ever gone to that book? The Book, The Secret? Yes. Yeah. Or, or the for movie. love, the traction. Yes. Yeah. And I absolutely believe in it. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I've had people tell me too, because I, I'm a, I'm a believer in God and, and people are like, oh, those two things are at odds with one another. I'm like, well, I don't think that they are, but I, I'm a big believer in, in putting your intentions out there. And really what that law of attraction says to people is like, if you really believe in something, it'll come to you. Yeah. Like if you want to be a millionaire, like really cling to that. And people are like, okay, like that sounds like it's hocus pocus, yeah. right? Because it's like, it's, you can't just wish for something and it shows up. And I, that's true. You can't just wish for no, something. No, you have to put the work too. That's where people get it wrong is they don't realize that, yes, it is achievable, but the work needs to be there. Yeah. And that work and that focus, as long as you do it, it then it's achievable. It happens. Like I remember one of my biggest visions was to have a Range Rover or just drive a Range Rover at one point. And I remember when I worked car sales, um, somebody traded on a Range Rover and all I had to do was just drive it on the back. And I was like, oh my God, like I am literally in a Range Rover. Every time I would see a Range Rover, I would just melt. I don't know. It's a perception of it. My, my father sold Land Rovers and Range Rovers. Yeah. So I was in them a lot. And then I bought that Range Rover. I, did you really? I did. I Good took a you. picture with that car and I was like, I'm in love with this car. I worked so hard. And I just keep calling it out. I want a Range Rover. I want a Range Rover. I made $200 monthly payments on the Range Rover. That's a pretty good monthly payment on a Range Rover. That is very That's really cheap. reasonable. That's when people, obscenely reasonable. Yes. Because well, I know how much they actually cost. So Correct. But yeah. I worked auto sales. There you go. So I made the deal myself on that. Right. Which that's just me being smart. But good. whenever you call it out there, it will happen to you. And I remember my dad was making fun of it. He's like, you just make fun of Range Rovers. You just want it nonstop. He's like, now you're driving one. He's like, what in the world happened? I was like, I don't know. It's like, you call it to the world. It's going to happen. And this is one of one of the many things that you just call out to the world and you put in the work. And you just do the numbers and work the logistics and it just happens. And you don't know how to explain things sometimes, but they just happen. It's what you, what you believe is what you achieve. But yeah, the work has to be there. Oh, yeah. And, but I, I, I've got a lot of examples of things coming to fruition like that. And they do. Absolutely. They do. So anybody listening that is wondering, whatever your goal is, like write it down. Put it out there. But then don't just write it down and forget about it like start working start yep. finding out more immerse yourself in it and, and when you do and keep you know I, i'm a believer in serendipity right happy accidents to be able you know you're on a path you're going somewhere but being able to recognize those opportunities that jump out in front of you because i'm a big believer that everyone has a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. but i don't think that many people 
have the ability to recognize them, or then if they do recognize them, to act upon them. I'm someone that believes in if you see something and it speaks to you, act on it immediately. Don't wait for it. Because if you wait, it will pass you by. And I feel like that approach to life, especially in the last several years, has really allowed me and enabled me to get a lot of these opportunities that I've been so fortunate to get. Would you, which one was the most recent one that it just, something happened and you just called it out and you just took advantage of the opportunity or the, the lucky accident? <sighs> That's tough. Um, probably, you know what? It was, um, it was probably the, the one I can easily point to was working in MMA. I went to that, um, that tryout in Las Vegas last year, mm -hmm. and it was not the best experience I'd ever had, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. It, um, I, it was a little bit lower than what my expectations were, but I tried to make the most out of it while I was there, and I had goals in that year. I said, I want to work in more sports. I don't want to just work in the one promotion I'm working for. I'd like to work in MMA, mm -hmm. give myself more opportunities for work. Get so this exposed. can be, yeah. And I was talking to a lot of very seasoned guys out there and just in conversations, the things that they said about networking and all that. While I was in a hotel room in Vegas, I just, I messaged a bunch of different promoters. And one of them was the promoter for combat night which was the, the number one MMA promotion in Florida, both as an amateur organization and as a professional organization. And I reached out and uh, the promoter was like, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll let you know. We, we've got a couple guys we work with, but we might need you. And then a couple days later, he's like, I have this event coming up in a couple weeks and our regular guy can't do it. Are you available? I'm available. I will, uh, even if I wasn't available, yeah. I was available. And went in, did good work. And I got to work with them a lot more this year. And now I'm up for an award for the ring announcer of the year. And I'm, you know, whether I win it or not, I'm in the lead right now. A guy who just started it a year yeah. ago, just from thinking it, just from saying, I want this. And then Period. taking a few little, you know, actions. And I didn't even know anyone in MMA. I knew no one that did it. Yeah. But they, hey, you know, here's this. Um, one of my father's friends from the Marine Corps, Barry Stewart. They were in together in like 1978, 79. Barry lives in my hometown. My dad wanted to introduce me. Barry's a boxing coach, and he ran a boxing event. He knew I was an announcer, so I became his announcer two years in a row for this huge state championship, which has gotten me work at other places. That's a happy accident. Yes. But had I had I, I not followed up with him, my dad's like, no, let me introduce you to my buddy. Like, okay, dad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, dad. That, that opportunity would not have presented itself. It was a, it was a happy accident, and they, they're real. You just have to recognize them if they speak to you you have to act, act on, on it. it that is very very true like i can think of multiple situations that i've acted on it and just be like a slight moment you just like it just something tells you sometimes you have to follow the gut instinct too. Mm -hmm. like something just tells you yes and you just just go for it just do it do it just do it what's the worst gonna happen figure it out like i always try to think of if i do it what's the worst and usually Can I the handle worst the worst? Is, okay. It's not that bad. But the people, worst is going to be a no answer. Right. So. Right. And you're okay. no worse off than you were. It's you a started. no already. Right. So why not give it a try? Right. Like that's my that's my thought behind trying to get new stuff too. And that is that is so so true. You just have to act on it. 
that's the way it goes. That is very true. Where can uh, where can people get a hold of you? Because I know we covered some, like we touched base a little bit on a lot of things here, and I'm sure people would be interested, you know, learning more about you and connecting with you. Where they can can they get a hold of you? So I am on uh, all the major social media platforms. Uh, my my biggest presence is probably on Facebook, and you go to facebook.com/slash/theyoungprofessor. You can also catch me on Instagram at mg the young professor. And on Twitter, Young Professor G. I wish it was consistent among all of them, but yeah. somebody had it, and so do the best we can. If you're interested in the, the trivia stuff I do, you can find me through Central Florida Trivia. And if you're looking for social media management services, it's the Florida Ambassador Media Group, the FAM Group. That's, <laughs> you know, FAM like family. That was part of the impetus of naming it like that because I think, you know, I don't want to just work with somebody and take their money and yeah. put a few posts up. I want to... Treat your business like it's my own, like you would do for family. That is very true. And for you guys, I'll also go ahead and attach all the information on the details. So if you're driving, you don't have to try to, you know, do something. Just tag, tag. <laughs> go ahead and tap on whichever link you want to connect with him at. And just tell him Romina send you. So my very last famous question. I'm intrigued about your answer. Shoot. What is your definition of success? I don't know that I have one. Um, just not feeling like a failure at the end of the day. That, that's probably a, a lousy cop-out answer. But I, I think if you feel accomplished in whatever you did, and look, not every day is a winner, let's yeah. face it. But if you can look at the overall circumstances of your life and feel like there's some happiness in what you're doing and that you're comfortable, and I think that is success because success is so different. For so many people. For some people, it's making a certain amount of money. For some people, it's winning a certain award. It really is up to you. And, and so I think if you're working towards your goals and you're accomplishing some of them, that's success. That is very true. Thank you for sharing that. Mm, my pleasure. And a, and a lot of people, that is true because a lot of people actually shared this on social media one time. You had two doors. You can either choose an amazing skill um, that will make you millions or a million dollar right at the second. And a lot of people chose the million dollar right at the second because they think that's short term compared to instant gratification versus long term benefit. And uh, yeah. we live in a society right now that really emphasizes the immediate. And that's where a lot of people trip up. And we want it now. We want the likes. We want the hearts. We want the, you know, <laughs> well, it's that Walmart mentality. Well, think we about want it. the share. A hundred years ago, if you got a hole in your sock, what did you do? You patched it. Yeah. Like you would patch it. If you get a hole in your sock now, what do you do? You buy a new one. You buy a new one. You churn it and burn it. So we, we are trained just even by our habits. Even I wonder if the new sense. generation even knows how to knead. No. Or like how to I don't. sue. <laughs> oh, I do. Because back in Albania, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I can't. God, I'm so. If we talk about all these cool things that I'm good at, like I can't cut up an onion in my house. That's not a joke. Like I'm like I'm. Yeah, your wife. I she needs a trophy. She, like she's so good, but she doesn't like to talk to people on the phone. She doesn't like to like be the lead at parties and stuff. I got you all day. Like, <laughs> you guys it, got it covered. If it involves talking to people, I got this. If it involves physical labor and all that, she's. She is the expert in our house. <laughs> that is funny. But well, somebody got the front, somebody got the back. We, you know, it's it's we're all covered. The, the we're castle covered. is covered. We're good. <laughs>
thank you so much matt for being a part of rm podcast fl and thank you so much guys for tuning in and listening to this episode if you want to listen to cool episodes every tuesday don't forget go ahead and uh, tap on the details there and go ahead and vote for matt please you guys should not please just do it yes you know what Uh, not to yeah do it just do it 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 works different if you please uh, just do it you click there okay you guys listen to me you click there right now (laughs) Anything else you want to add, man? That's it. Romina, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. And just click there and vote. Bye.